Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. Welcome once again to me, Jim Smallman's kitchen, uh, that's still very echoey. <laughs> I'm not allowed to paint a new house. And it's, it's quite echoing. I apologise for that. Um, anyway, welcome to a very awesome Tuesday Night Jaw Meets episode as I sit down and have a chat with ICW's Mark Dallas. Now, um, spoilers, me and Mark get on. Um, people have wanted this to happen and it's difficult for it to happen because Progress is busy, ICW's busy, um, and also I live in North Wales and Mark lives in Glasgow, which makes it difficult. But last Friday I had a show uh, at Celtic Park in Glasgow, which went terribly. Um, but before that, and this was the, thing, the main reason I went to Glasgow, I wasn't going to do a gig, it was to sit down and chat to Mark uh, at the Asylum, which is, uh, of course, a wrestling school and where ICW's offices are based. Now, Mark's a great guy, I get on super well with him, um, and it was great to sit down and have a chat with him. It's another one of those chats that is probably going to require a second one because as soon as I'd left I was like oh I didn't ask him about this and I didn't ask him about that so next time I get a chance either when he's at an ICW show that's touring around uh, around England and I get a chance to, to bump into him because he's a bit closer to me or next time I'll be in Glasgow I'm going to make sure we sit down and have another chat um, now ICW are on tour this coming weekend uh, around the UK in the build up to their huge hydro show on Sunday the 19th of November Um I'm gutted that I missed out on going to it last year. I, I may well see if I can go to it this year, just family stuff depending, because I've got a busy few weeks. Um, but if you like independent professional wrestling, if you get a chance to support something like that, you should. It's the same with Progress doing Wembley next year. If you get a chance to go and support something like that, then do. It's a cool thing. The fact they're doing the Hydro, they did it last year, it was great. They're doing it again this year, it's awesome. So go and support it. Um, some things for you to make sure that you follow ICW on Twitter are Insane Champ Press on Twitter uh, and their website uh, where you can go to get tickets for Sunday November the 19th uh, is insanewrestling.co.uk okay Sunday November the 19th and they've got uh, Mark talks about it they've got events planned all around that weekend as well to make it a proper sort of festival of wrestling which I think you kind of need to do when it's a show that big um, so do support it you support an independent wrestling by doing something like that insanewrestling.co.uk for tickets Insane Champ Rest on Twitter uh, do check it out we talk about it a lot and we plug it at the end as well um, but um, but do check it out and support it if you're free that day 
go and support it. Um, some other plugs for myself. Uh, Progress-wise, we've sold out of season tickets for 2018 uh, in our London shows. Now, we put half the tickets up as season tickets, which means there'll still be chance. So we've roughly 350 tickets on sale for each electric ballroom show. And obviously, we have Wembley, which isn't included in the season ticket. And we have Super Strong Star 16, which will be at Alexandra Palace over the first bank holiday weekend. Um, at the beginning of May uh, which is including in people's season tickets obviously a fair few more tickets available on sale for those shows so you'll still be able to get tickets I appreciate it's a bit tricky sometimes like yesterday when when our show on November the 26th sold out in about five minutes so um, a little thanks first of all anyone who has bought a season ticket that's super awesome we never we've never sold out of season tickets before uh, it's our third year of doing it it's crazy that we can sell our season tickets that's amazing thank you very much and also uh, with us selling out the November the 26th chapter that means we've sold out every single chapter show we've sold every ticket for every chapter show we've done this year which I think we did it last year as well but to do it this year when we've had more shows and we've been in more you know we've been in more places and it's that's crazy um, so let's see if we can do it in 2018 um, tickets uh, sort of general sale tickets for our shows in New Orleans over Wrestlemania weekend we're doing the Friday and the Saturday before Wrestlemania on the actual Wrestlemania weekend at noon so you can come and see us we're part of the WWN experience um, the VIP tickets where you buy a ticket for every WWN event they've been on sale for a little while but individual tickets if you plan on going to New Orleans for Wrestlemania they go on sale tomorrow Wednesday November the 1st um, WWN are handling the sales rather than ourselves but we'll obviously tweet links and stuff like that to it um, I think that's it from a, a progress point of view uh, the show on Sunday was awesome I'm not going to give you any spoilers from that um, the, that will be up on demand I would imagine hopefully by the weekend um, so yeah um, so that's demand-progress.com for that progresswrestling.com for merch and stuff there we go I think that's all the progress things done um, me personally so last week I told you that I'm doing a stand-up show uh, which is called I'm Sorry I Love You A History of Professional Wrestling which is me trying to do the entire history of professional wrestling in an hour in a stand-up comedy show. Um, I'm doing that on Sunday, February the 18th at 5pm at Firebug in Leicester. Now, there's a link. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter feed, at Jim Smallman, if you want to get tickets. Now, Leicester Comedy Festival, which is this is part of, isn't actually officially launching till tomorrow. And I've already been asked if I want to do a second show, and I don't. I want this one to be special. I want this to be the first time that I do it, and I know people are traveling a long way for it. So this is going to be the first one. If this is a success, it might become a tour. It's already, I'll be honest, two-thirds sold out, which is nuts. I always do okay in the Leicester Comedy Festival. It's my hometown. But I already know that people are traveling from all over the United Kingdom to come and see me do this hour, which I haven't written yet, which is, is amazing faith. Um, and you know you maybe read between the lines and maybe presume that something else is coming off the back of this as well maybe if you can read between the lines maybe I don't know maybe you can so what I'm saying is if you want to come to this Sunday February the 18th yeah, it's between two progress shows it's the Sunday between the two um, at 5pm in Leicester it'll be done by about 6 o'clock pre it's pretty easy to get in most places around the UK by train and by road if you want to come to Leicester it's only a fiver because that's the least I could charge for tickets um, I wanted to charge less I have to charge a fiver to cover my costs um, but if you want to come to it I'd love it to see you there like I say two thirds of tickets gone the tweets pinned the link at the top of my Twitter feed at Jim Smallman go along to that 
and you know I'd be grateful if you came down um, final little plug from me jimsmall.com slash tnj is where you point people if you want to direct new people to this podcast check out last week's podcast if you've not heard it yet I know I put it up late and a few people are just starting to listen to it um, but Zach Gibson part 2 it's utterly stupid and so funny and Zach Gibson is William Regal level of storytelling raconteur away from the wrestling he's just he's great there'll be a part 3 we'll probably do we'll probably get him on a live one at some point because he's just so good at it um, but go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to that already but also jimsmorning.com slash tnj you can get the last few uh, cheer faces boo heels t-shirts uh, that I've got left before I sell out of those so you know if you fancy getting one of those get on board now uh, a few more sizes left on the white ones the black ones are pretty much nearly all gone um, I personally prefer the white one that's just me um, but if you want to buy one of those I'd be grateful because again you're just helping me put this podcast together which I really appreciate right anyway here's me chat with Mark Dallas Hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'll see you on the other side just to close up a few things, plug a few things again. And uh, yeah, speak to you in a bit. Right, so we've started and this is this is the podcast that everyone wants to happen and the podcast that people thought would never happen. Um, uh, me, Jim Smallman, owner of Progress Wrestling in the office of Mark Dallas, owner of ICW. Oh my God, what is happening? Oh, <laughs> um, because this is the thing. So I've said this to you before we start recording. I get... If ever I do a Q&A, people will be like, people are like, oh, oh, I bet, like, like, people are always surprised that I have so much nice things to say about other companies, but there's a reason, because I'm a wrestling fan. Exactly. Like, like I, years ago before, and we, I think we were six months into doing progress in, like, 2012, and, um, and my mate Louise uh, was working for, for you, and she said, oh, you, you guys should come along and watch an ICW show, and it was during the Fringe, and we came over. And we briefly, you briefly came over and said hi and, and had a chat and that. And we watched an ICW show in the garage in Glasgow and it was great and we had a good time. Like, and, and, and that was it. And then uh, occasionally we'll see you and go, hiya, and uh, that's it, do you know? And it, it's, the odd event here now. Hi, yeah. mate, how you doing? Yeah, we'll talk for five minutes and that's about it. Hi. So, um, how are things? Um, good, mate, good. Just uh, in um, stressed out mode at the moment. Yeah. Because obviously, you have just finished, you Got your relaxing phase in there, you lucky bastards. Although it's weird, we've had like seven, we've got a show on Sunday, we've had seven weeks off, and I thought we'd all be dead chilled out, and instead... It's, it doesn't end, does it? You're like, oh no, but well, we, we've got to do stuff. We've got you to do you feel like you've missed something if you've just came off the back of a big show and you don't use it to draw attention to your next show. Absolutely. So you end up... I Do you feel like... So the day I was in the in the office, apart from coming out to do this interview with you, but sitting in the house... I felt the urge to go and put posters up. Yeah. Because if I sat sat in the house all day and didn't do anything, then I would feel guilty later that night. I don't know if it's like a psych it's a psychological thing. I just can't stop. But, like, but also as well, I think this is the thing that people don't realise. When when companies have done alright, like you guys have and we like we have, I think people think that we just sit back and go I rest oh, the it's fucking fine. Uh, it's not <laughs> like that at all. Like, I mean we've been going five and a half, you've been going over a decade. So. Well, our first show was like eleven years ago, as of October fifteenth. But I wouldn't really say like see the first couple of years we ran all in maybe six or seven shows. Yeah. So say ICW's been full time, no, no full time, but a a lot bigger mm. since about two thousand ten. Yeah. So I think I'd, I'd say the new uh, ICW, um, it's because it was like before. Before um, nightclubs and after nightclubs, or before 
before I'd uh, grown up and after I'd grown up. Um, the first version of it, I think, was just me fucking about. Didn't really know what I was doing. There was nobody to hire wrestling rings from. You had to use what talent was available. You didn't have um, basic shit now, like lighting rigs. You didn't have anything. You had a, you had a speaker <laughs> with a CD player and a wrestling ring. <laughs> that was it. Um, so I don't really count that. So even though we did start a way back then, and that is technically the birth of ICW, I really think the ICW, you know, now started about 2010, early 2010. So I, if you're counting that, it's seven years. So. So, I mean, like with me, like I'll get people say, did, did you want to be a wrestler? I was like, no, never wanted to be a wrestler. I always wanted to do what I do now. Um, was it the case with you? Was it, you wanted, to be a, you wanted to be a wrestler, but this is how you fell into being involved in wrestling? Or was it that you always wanted to be behind the scenes and doing the, that sort of stuff? I wanted to be something in wrestling. I always wanted to run a wrestling company. But I wanted to do something else. I didn't know if I wanted to be a manager mm. or like in a tag team. I knew I couldn't. I didn't want to be like a wrestler like out in my end. I knew I'd be a good guy to get heat for yeah. the hot tag for the big belt guy. I'd be the wee, the wee shit stutter. <laughs> I mean, I'd be the one that, that, that I, all I wanted to do was talk. Yeah. Obviously, back then you couldn't just train to be a manager. Or you could, and you couldn't just start like now. You can go on Facebook. You can hire a wrestling. You can hire wrestlers. You literally couldn't do that back then. So I knew I had to go to training because by reading up in the back in the day when you'd read like your power slams and all these things you'd read when you're young, I was like, well, you need to get in the business somehow. So I was like, right, well, I need to go to training to get in the business yeah. and then get in the business. Then I can hire a wrestler ring. Then I can get wrestlers. Then I can start a company. So my main goal was never ever to be a wrestler. However, I did have, an, I didn't think I could just go to training, then start a company. Mm. I thought, right, I'm going to need to go to training then day something in wrestling. I didn't realise, I just showed up and they went, oh, you got a ring, mate? Aye, I've got a ring. Can I hire that ring? Aye. Sound. <laughs> so, it's like, shit. I thought this would be a bit, a bit more difficult than this. But, it was not Surprise, surprise. Um, aye. So that's how that started. But there was no training up here. Um, there was literally not one training school, one training class, anything like that. Um, it was a guy called Jerry Berea, of all people, who pretended he was a trainer so me, a guy called Mike Musso, who runs uh, W3L, who runs like sort of the Central Belt uh, Scotland yeah. family shows, they, they draw quite well. Um, and Drew Galloway, of all people, right, went to Falkirk to train in this fucking, like, a church hall. <laughs> and it had like five or six mats. They were all chewed up. I don't know why they were chewed up. But, um... Aye, and then after a couple of weeks, he'd say he'd wrestled for a company called Midlands. Mm. So we thought he was like legit. We're like, my God, this guy's a real wrestler, no way, and all that. We're like 15, I think this is, this is amazing. Drew all covered in acne, this is fantastic, man. We're actually here with a real wrestler. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't, he wasn't, somehow we found out a couple of weeks later, um, via like MySpace or some shit like this, that he was a... Uh, He'd trained for a couple of weeks at Midlands and drove the van and then he'd been duct taped to a pole and left somewhere and that was the extent of his <laughs> training. So, that was the buff. That was the genesis of Scottish wrestling, mate. Um, and I remember he wanted to, he wanted to run a show. One of my favourite ever pitches, he was like, we're going to run a wrestling show. I think he had like six or seven trainees by this point. So this is like a couple of weeks after it started because we weren't there that long. Um, oh, we're all like that. Oh, aye, cool. Cause we're all be guys. We don't know any better. We're just like, aye, mate, let's do this. It's gonna be amazing, right? We're all gonna be in a wrestling show. 
It's like, right, we're going to go to Dead and go Drew in a kilt. Of course, Drew's going to be in a kilt. Um, and he's like, we're going to just do it on mats. And I was like, what? Even, even at 15, I'm like, no, I'm not being on a wrestling show on mats, mate. Uh, he's like, no, we're just going to run the show on mats. That's it, no wrestling ring. We don't need a wrestling ring. Do not need a wrestling ring. <laughs> if you don't know how to entertain with a wrestling ring, you don't know how to wrestle. I'm like, ah, bollocks, mate. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> I, and he wanted to call the company Raw. So WWE would sue him, yeah. so we would get attention in the paper. Oh god! I think that was pretty much the last time I ever, ever saw him. And then after that, it was like, uh, like uh, some other schools opened. Yeah. Not long after, so um, that's when everybody started to come about like your Red Lightning kid fight, all your yeah. sort of guys that you know for your Scottish scene. Then Liam Thompson, Wolfgang, Darkseid, Lionheart. It was like when I look back now, it's mental how many guys at one time mm. came through maybe it was just because there was no scene yeah. do you know what I mean so I don't know but I it is um, weird how like the whole industry does sort of peaks and troughs like that anyway doesn't it where I've noticed that the schools no, yeah. a lot of the schools have that like they, they, they'll get a group of guys at the one time it might take a couple of years for guys to get good but yeah. then all of a sudden you look and you go oh my god they've got like four of, like, they've got a car full of fantastic yeah. talent do you know what I mean like yeah. I just and I think every school gets like we I still get a wee period where there's a bunch of them then there won't be yeah. for a while, and then another group comes along and aye, mental. Um, so when when you were when you were a lad and you were growing up, um, what what wrestling wise, what were you into? Was it everything or was it? Because I was a, I, I've explained this, like, I was a tape trader and stuff. So I, I I fell out of love with wrestling. Then I saw Mick being thrown off the roof of a cage, and then I went, oh, I'm into this again now. And then found ECW and all Japan and stuff like that. But I know everyone's path into it's a bit different. So I can't believe how. Um, eerily similar part of my path is tears <laughs> so I watched WWF like very very young um, in Glasgow I don't know if it was the same down in England but if somebody had Sky the whole street you could program on a couple of channels on your TV no so like see oh, if you had so if it was like a tenement or a high flat yeah. it was a communal dish on the roof right so if anybody in the whole entire high flat had Sky you could program in I always remember this you could program in Sky 1 and Sky Sports 1 Amazing. That's all you needed, right? So my granddad had it in his house, uh, my granddad Tommy, and we would go down there and watch it. So like I remember sitting there and uh, him going, oh, it's all fucking fake. God, shite. And I'm going, no, granddad, it's real. And I was like seven or eight, and it was I was watching uh, Shawn Michaels put the Marty Jannetty through the barber shop window. Oh. He's like, it's all fucking shite. And then he realised to years later that my granddad had actually wrestled for one summer season in the 50s. No! Legit, in the holiday camp. What happened there was... I'll go back to what I was saying about what I watched grow up, but this is like a cool wee side story. He was a dance instructor. Back then, you didn't go abroad. Like Everybody was like, you went to holiday camps and that. So he's a dance instructor, a big uh, six-foot-five Scottish guy. And... Uh, good, good-looking guy, man. No, like, no, like me. I take after the other side of my family, but uh, he's a good, big, good-looking guy, man. Uh, big Scottish boy, down in England, dance instructor. There was local people that would come to the shows every week. So you got your holiday camp people, yeah. but there was always a group that would come to the wrestling show sure. that were for that area. So it was this guy that was a villain, a heel, right? And he was complaining about it. And I always remember this one of the last things my granddad told me before he passed away. Right? It was just we were sitting painting his one day, and he was like, he revealed to me that he'd done it, and he was saying all these inside terminology of wrestling. And I'm sitting there going, how the fuck does he know these words? That? And he's like, I'll tell you this. So that's where he started telling us a story. So um, this guy was complaining about being being a villain so much that he went, right, fuck it. It could be the good guy today, right? 
this is the fifties, right, or the sixties, early sixties, something. Like that. Why are these guys isn't having this, right, in the crowd? He's go, you know, you could get like bats and balls. This guy's got a cricket bat, right? So yeah. he gets the ring and scalps this guy in the face with a cricket bat, right? Because he knows he's a bad guy. He knows he's up to something. He's full of shit. Him, I know he's a bad guy, right? I've seen him wrestling being bad or us or the past couple of months. Um, so he goes home. This guy just fucking quits, right? And goes home. So they need somebody that they can teach teach to be in a tag match. Just the basics to be a bad guy. Yeah. Well, why don't we just get the big Scottish guy? So they taught him the basics. <laughs> So it wasn't like he learned to be a wrestler then, but he knew how to bump and like look up and fucking all that. And done one summer season, got double wage, because he was doing his dance instructing and that. Amazing. Then they were like, do you want to keep doing it? And he was like, nah, I'm all right, mate. It's not for me. That's <laughs> 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 amazing. It's amazing that he didn't reveal it early on as well. No, like, it was, li- it was literally the last time I ever sat with him before the party. It was, it was, he'd went, um, can you come down? He'd moved into the house, so he'd come here to paint my house. I would go something to eat. And he decided then to tell me. It was very eerie. I'm not into all that sort of thing, but like, it was kind of weird how like he told me that then. Yeah, man. The last time I was ever with him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very weird. But um, I, like, I just thought that was a funny story. Um, the So I'd watched like, uh, WWF uh, growing up and stuff, but then got to about 12, mm. and then started like other things, like yeah. girls and football and all this, and... Just wasn't that into it and I remember I pure remember like looking at a, one of my pals had a sticker book remember the sticker book she used to mm-hmm. get and it was like the smoking guns and, and this and that and I like knew like looking at like I love like the news outlaws and all this but like back then I didn't know anything right so these were all characters that were new to me I hadn't watched it for a year yeah. and it was like so for about 92 to 93 this is yeah. so it seemed like when I looked at this sticker book I'm like who are all these I don't yeah. know who any because like there was like a like sort of like ultimate warrior like in the space like I think it was like six months to a year like half the main roster was away yeah so then I looked at this and I just went ah, I don't any attachment to any of these people in it so yeah. I was like ah, I'm alright I'm just gonna leave it I don't think I'm into wrestling anymore then my wee brother's watching a show a couple of years later I'm like 15 year old walk into the room Mick Foley Disney fought off the cell yeah. but he's fighting the rock and he falls onto the speaker stack that explodes yes yes. and I went what is this you're watching and he went this is wrestling I went nah this isn't the wrestling this isn't the wrestling I used to watch they went nah this is the wrestling and that was me just obsessed mate it's like, about a seven month difference between me and you uh, and then I'd done the same thing went and got like strong style tapes and all these different tape trading companies and I didn't I wasn't a, I wasn't a tape trader but I bought tapes yeah so I, I did like swapping back and forth and stuff like that but I definitely bought like out the back of magazines and mm. stuff like that and that's when I started like getting married into uh, ECW and I remember about that time Delta released ECW videos illegally with the music still on them. Mm. So like they, they were brilliant. Like it was like the full pay per view. Remember like, years later they had the pure digital yeah. music at the top yeah. of it. So like at first I don't know maybe the ECW told them they had the rights to something. <laughs> they just went I release it. But um, I they first ones were it. So I watched like uh, I remember it was Living Dangerously '99, mm-hmm. and I was like oh, I really like this. And then I went back and then on Bravo. They used to show uh, f- five in the morning, and Bravo they would air ECWs for ninety seven when Rick Rude was commentating. I remember. Aye. So <laughs> I would I set, set the I tape. To, I used to set it up using um video plus. Aye, exact same. Mate. And then and then you get up before school and and watch like it was a half hour version of a uh, hardcore TV. Aye. And it, it, it's it's weird. Cause I feel that I think I'm a, I'm a bit a fair bit older than you, but I think 
like, I think that everyone roughly our generation, like, the, the Attitude Era was huge. Right. But and some people just had the Attitude Era and went, oh, that's nice, but I don't want to delve any deeper. Aye. Whereas for me, I was at uni at the time, and I remember, I remember thinking, I've got to know... First of all, I want to know where everyone was that I used to watch. And then it sounds really morbid, but then I realised a lot of people were dead. Aye. And then I was like, but why? And then I started delving more into... And, that, and I think that's when I fell in love with the... The behind the scenes, the workings of the business. And that's when I started reading the Observer and stuff like that. See, that's like I'm never, too, I'm never too um, uh, bitchy to fans that are very, very smarky because I think if it wasn't for me being like yeah. that, then would I be in this business now? I always, I always balance it out by saying I know that I'm now a better fan through being a promoter than I was when I was super smarky. Because when I was super smarky, I was a dick. Uh, and 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 I, but at the same time. You know, if people don't like what we do or what you guys do, like, if you bought a ticket, you kind of got, you're allowed to say. It's just, it's how you, the the one thing that always, the the one thing that bugs me about smarky fans sometimes, and and let's be fair, I think anyone who's, because we're both adults only companies anyway, like, smarky's not meant as an insult because most of our fans are smarky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But, I think the thing that bugs me is when people go, I don't like that storyline that's happened today when yourself or, or me, John and Glenn, know what's happening in six months time oh mate that's my I, that's, that's the only uh, time I get really it's like just I'm building the thing just wait uh, just please wait uh, trust us and we normally <laughs> like we normally get it right and that's why we've been we existed for so long oh mate I, that's, that's, that's you've hit the nail right in the head that's my main thing it's like please just just stick with no, us no everything's meant to be a horror mile an hour like we're building the thing slowly like rockets don't just I, but, but also <laughs> like um, if we get stuff wrong we know to adapt to it, and that's the thing that I think fans don't see. Is you'll know if something's not working, you'll know to adapt to it. Oh, I tweak it, change and, it, and, but, and that's the thing the fans don't see is how much. If you're anything like the three of us are, and I'm sure you are, it's like it's all I think about all the time is like all the the, the drive up today. I've been in my car for like five and a half hours, and the drive up today, all I've thought about is the show on Sunday. Ah, uh, it's obsessive, and 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 that's you know that's exactly and I know because the following next weekend you've got tour shows again haven't you so so, and then you've got the hydro and it's like it's all I think about and you'll be exactly the same anyone who's good at this is it's what you do you know feel though the bigger your company gets the more other shit you've got to deal with outside of the writing yeah so you always love the writing and thinking about things and and coming up with storylines and matches and all that sort that's all that's the best bit of my job and that's why you, and that's that, why you wanted to be a promoter and that's why I wanted to be a promoter. Exactly, man. I wanted to write stories. I was like, I'd be cool if this happened and then now I can actually make things happen. Now, obviously, um, I've evolved our time whereas at first when I'd run a show, I'd be like, let's have fucking everything happen because <laughs> jumping through walls and things exploding and all that. <laughs> but then that's all right when you're running five shows a year and then yeah. when you start running 12 and then Mel, you go, oh, shit, right, you can't do that. And you know what I mean? Like, wrestlers are, believe it or not, human beings We skeletons that can break so yeah. like sorry for that guy who did that crazy match when he wrestles like six seven times a year but when he's a regulars now it's like right maybe maybe we tone this down and, and change that and uh, it's just um, as you get older you, you, you do um, it's like Eminem look at his first album all the anger or the bio and that he's got a bit older and went shit man I've got Wayne's I need to rein it in a bit you look at his <laughs> albums now still Eminem but he's no he's no as fucked up do you know what I mean he's no saying all this morbid shit but also as well I think you've got a you've got a think about like where high points are and it's the I remember in Mick, Mick Foley's first book he talked about when he first started wrestling for ECW when it was still Eastern Championship Wrestling and 
they like he knew he was in the main event with Terry Funk and he knew they were both going to bleed and he was saying to um, uh, Paul Heyman wasn't a promoter then so it would have been uh, why can't I remember it wasn't it Todd Gordon it was fucking um, oh Tri-State Wrestling Alliance yes, yeah Shit, that's good to man. man. So, but, My God, we are geeks, mate. But oh, was, what was it? But it was when Eddie Gilbert and people like that were involved Aye. in it. And he was like, so I think he was in the main event, either with Terry Funk or with Eddie Gilbert, and they were like, they were going to get blood, they were both going to bleed. And then everyone who came back through the curtain was bleeding. And they had a, they had a last blood battle royal where <laughs> what is the that? last person to not be bleeding <laughs> was the winner. Did <laughs> that open the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, we are fucked. Uh, we are, and, and, and that's the thing, but it's the thing that you learn. Like, if I think back to, to Joe Goodhart. That's it, Joe That's his fucking name, Joe Goodhart. There we go, mate. Look at that. The, the nerdiness in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even been focusing the next 10 minutes. I've been just, my head have been going, who the fuck is it? They're anti state wrestling this, lines. And this is why we get on. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, as a teenager, you think, fuck it, I'm trying to wrestle, and then it, obviously it morphs into you doing wrestling shows. Now, I know that you, you've mentioned there's, there's two distinct forms of ICW is the, 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 the one now and then there's the but I remember you tweeting a picture of, of the, the first from the first inclination of, of uh, incarnation no that isn't he that isn't he is that the one I tweeted recently where it's like a very very small crowd in a community centre yeah I, that's that's not it that's um, the first like see, see it's very hard to explain that the Maryhill Halls the ICW arenas it was called back then yeah. has several halls in it right so at first we ran the big hall. The big hall had three hundred fifty people. So yeah. we, we chairs on the floor about four hundred, right? So about four hundred people. That's when I ran originally. It was when I came back. I ran there one time. Went fuck, this is too big. Went next door. So that forty there is my first show when we came Got back. I, the the forty like even though I'm trying to show how far we've came, I still wouldn't show the forty to the first show. That's how embarrassing I'm to like. There's forties where if it's taken for an angle where it looks like they're wrestling in front of Nebde, like I, I like to be to be fair, right? I think there was about seventy something people there, which is not. And again, exactly. Think about the time when you were doing this. Aye. like that's not bad. Because like, I know when we did our first our first show was three hundred people, and I remember people saying that's dead good, and we were like, really? Because again, because me and John came from a comedy background where exactly our friends who were filling theaters. So to me, I was like, oh, okay, if this is all we're gonna get, that's all we're gonna get. Fine, that's cool. I'm cool with it. And then to, to go on to the stuff you've done, it must be... I mean, I hope you take time... Do you take time to actually... Because the, the, the problem with anyone who's always looking forward and always trying to better themselves is oh, the goalposts always move. So, like, you... if I remember, like, when you guys did Barrowlands for the first time, that's an amazing... I've been to gigs there. That's an amazing thing. I saw Mogwai there. And it was brilliant, right? And that's it's an a great amazing, venue. It's an amazing thing to do. And then... To go, and then we do SECC, and then we're going to do the hydro. So you always got a goal to move forward. Do you still take time to sort of go? Yeah, you remember when we had seventy people? Because because it's a, it's a healthy thing to do, but I know I'm bad at doing it. I, I'd, I'd 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 love to. I would actually love to be able to like look back and stop mm. and have a have a look back. At that I think, Mayor, like you said, you don't stop though. So yeah. even if you did say to yourself, "Oh, I'm going to stop and like soak in how the fact how far we've come." Your brain will then go, oh, I've got a show in two weeks, so man, and that storyline's no shortage yet. And like, I, I try to explain this to somebody once, and it pure shock does. Like, so they're like, oh, it must be you after the hydro last year. It was a, I can't remember what newspaper it was, but they were talking to me and going, oh, that must be you, just pure buzzing the next couple of weeks, relax now. I went, no, I woke up the next morning and went, shit, I need to write a show. 
for a week from now. Yeah. So I had to write the show for a week from now, and I was like, well, that needs to be a good show, because I've just ran the fucking hydro, so I need to put on a good show. So then I didn't stop and think about it. The, the only time I would stop and think about it is kind of like, my, the wee bit after the show, she was going for a cup of beers, you'd go, my God, we've done it. That's about it. And then I think it's just back to work the next day, because like, I'll get out in the morning, and if nothing's been put on the Facebook and Twitter, I'll be like, ah, all eyes are on our fucking social media. Why is nothing being posted? Yeah. Well, you fucking Dane, we've got a business to run here. Maybe selling tickets. Because, yeah. like, doesn't matter if you sold fucking 5,000 tickets yesterday. That shows yesterday, mate. I've got bills tomorrow and I've got seats that are empty needing to be filled the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that never changes. It's not like, like, you can appreciate this. It's not like a football season. So it's like, we're a sport and a TV show. But unlike every other TV show in the world that has series, we never end. No, and like every other sport, I we just keep going, mate. So I said it when I was talking to uh, Brian Elliott for FSM recently in like an interview just done there. I said I feel like I became like fatigued, no that good at writing. I think I had a really bad year last year in my writing, to be honest with you. Um, I still think it was alright, but nowhere near my my, my usual standards. If you if you, I think anyone who's successful has to be their own biggest critic. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, but I feel like I just, I feel like I got my, you now like somebody will get fatigued and they need to go away, but I yeah. couldn't go away, so I had to just <laughs> be fatigued and take all that shit and then go, oh, right, and I, luckily I just went, oh, I'm not fatigued anymore. I think it was when I started realising, like, there was all these other companies that were doing well in the UK, and I'm like, ah, right, I need to up my fucking game. Hmm. And then that's when I was like, right, it's time to wake up. And like you said just there, I realised this months and months ago. Yeah. But like months and months ago, fans are going, oh, what's this, what's this? It's like, patience, mate, like, Give me some time. Because unfortunately, just, you can't just pull uh, the trigger on. Your dinner's not going to be ready in two minutes, mate. That's how you get food poisoning, mate. I need to marinate it. I need to season it, mate. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I can give you a shit steak and a plate, or I can give you one with all the fucking trimmings, mate. Like, calm down. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. I mean, in terms of... You don't have to reveal too much about how ICW's run, but... Because, but, like, with, with progress, people know it's three of us, but I'm the one who gets the attention because I'm the, the face of it. I did. So, and everyone knows that me, John, and Glenn creatively have the same amount of input. Um, uh, business-wise, John does a lot of the stuff because he's the one who does. He's the only full-time employee of the company, you know. Because I'm still part-time, and Glenn's still part-time. So, um, and obviously, everyone knows that you're the face of the company to a, to a degree. I know that, you know you have different people. You, you don't do a similar job to what I do, and you're not ringing out and stuff like that. Um, but creatively, do you have much help, or is it? Um, I like this, this office that we're sitting in now. Um, so. I'll, I'm I'm full time. Adam Carell, who's phenomenal, he he's our uh, head of production. Yeah. So he's um, he works for the BBC a lot, but now uh, he's devoted the majority of his time to here. So he deals with editing. Yeah. The production side of things. One under him is a, a boy called Scott Reed. Um, so he's learning a lot. So he's really good and learning on the job uh, production. He does our backstage interviews alongside like Louise and Veronica and stuff like that. Um, then writing wise sometimes like I'll let him sit in the meetings it's me and Renfrew uh, Chris Renfrew yeah. who's also a wrestler me and him have wrote together for about six and a half a year now mm. um, because I could not imagine writing myself uh, and I also need somebody that isn't just going to say aye that's a great idea and you, and you need another opinion aye, aye. The, the reason that we work you need there to be similarities but you need there to be differences the aye. reason we work and again there's three of us so there's there has to be a casting vote. No one's got one more sayer than, and it, it helps because otherwise, if it was just me locked in a room having to write, write even if we took in turns writing shows, I'd go mad. Like, there's um, 
they're, they're, the other thing is, I love when you're writing shows is, do you ever write Mel and Man show in a day, and when you time you get to the last show, you think it's brilliant, and then you come back a couple of days later and look at it and go, what the fuck were we, our brains must have been mushed by the time you got to that show, because what the fuck was I thinking, you're like, why is this guy fighting this guy, this makes no sense, but um, I sorry, what was I saying there, I've lost, 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 I'm sorry, sorry, so there's like, Renfrew helps write, um, and then there's Duncan Gray, who's my business partner, mm-hmm. he runs Triple G Music, they're a, the biggest alternative music uh, promotions company in Scotland. Aye, yeah. uh, lovely, um, gigantic, terrifying chap. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dunk, Dunk is lovely. Um, but I, it, everybody will know him. Like, if you've ever been to an ICW show and you've seen Big Dunk walk through the curtain pure raging at something at half time, like fixing a cage or something like that, <laughs> that's, that's Big Dunk, you can't even listen, man. Um, so he's like, um, he would deal more with, like, see. In a weird way, even though I'm called a promoter because that's the title in wrestling, yeah. like he's made a promoter now. Yeah, cause of his, especially because of his background with the, the music. So he would be the band that now books the venue yeah. and uh, deals with the, the sorting of the travel and, and uh, the promotion in the local area. But like, don't get me wrong, it'd still be like, he'd come to me and we'll decide, like, right, do I do this city on this day yeah. and da-da-da, all that. But then he'll go away and, because that's what his company does. That's how we started working together, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember at the time it was Vice wanted to buy my company but he wanted to work with me mm. so Vice that day right I'll never forget this Vice that day I was on the phone to somebody for Vice and he went oh blah blah do you know Auntie Day X, Y and Z and this is before like obviously the first and same fight club document you know right. so I was still kind of on my arse at this point right <laughs> um, I, was, I mean I was working as a, as a lifeguard uh, council job but like I had a family to support do you know what I mean mm. like it's, it's tough especially when you're that age um, and and uh, Fucking, I've totally forgot what I was saying. Vice, vice, I, 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 sorry, mate, it's been a long day. I saw, <laughs> so the, the vice guy's on the phone to me and he goes, uh, Are you sure you don't idea this? And I think it was, I, I'm not going to see what figure it was, but it was fucking a lot of money. Like, like even now, I'd go, that's a decent amount of money, but back then, I was like, For fuck's sake. Like, so I was like, um, What do you idea? He's like, Oh, right away, right, I run venues, like tours everywhere, uh, fucking uh, nightclubs. Hard like a thousand people hat wet every night. I'm like, mate, nah. It's like, oh, you have a website, saying championship wrestling dot vice dot com. Don't worry, don't want to sell it. I'm like, no, they won't, mate. Um, and then I'm like, I don't want to move to London. And he's like, can you, will you commute to London? I'm like, I'll, I'll commute to London, like, I'll stay here a night or something like that. But I'm no moving my whole family down to London, that's not happening. My Wayne's got schoolies in up here and that stuff. Um, so. He was then, this is the thing, so I'm sitting there, and I, was, I remember I had a bill, some random bill was sitting on my table, and I'm sitting at the table on the phone, and he goes, eh, I, um, let me ask you something, so like, what do you drive? I went, I don't drive, mate, I get the bus, so I drive a Bentley, do you ever want to drive a Bentley? And I went, no, if it turns me into you, you can't, and I hung the phone up, and right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So then I fucking go down to a pub in the town where I'd been asked by the guy that runs the garage nightclub in the cat house, so he'd go us in, he's making a ton at the bar, he's like, who the fuck is this wee guy? Because I had the cheek to go in, I'd done one show, and then I went, uh, he did another show, I don't want, I don't want to be Charles for the whole. And they were like, no, that's not how it works. And I went, alright, cool, I'll just leave then. But I'd been told this half a mate, he was like, you don't know you're in rough. And I was my first ever time in my career ever gone, alright, I wonder what my rough is. So I was like, Ah, it's alright then. Terrified in my brain, I went, oh no man, this is like the nicest venue I could possibly ever get. <laughs> so then I leave, phone call like, a couple of hours later, oh you've, ah you need to bother, you can, you can do it. Yeah. So I think he liked that and all, because he's like, gallus, have you ever met Don McLeod, the guy's a absolute larger life caricature of a 
Do you know what I mean? So um, um, he was the one that told he bankrolled Triple G when they first kind of started. So he told he uh, told Donald uh, Duncan, sorry, to come and see me. So when I met Dunk. Dunk just went, I love this. Uh, why do you know have your own wrestling? I, I can't afford one, mate. He went much. I went three grand. And he just wrote a check of three grand. He went, there you go, mate. And he went, do you want to work with me? I went, aye. <laughs> that, was, that was it. <laughs> oh, we started working with Glenn. Like, Glenn. Glenn initially investment in the company was buying the, the ring that we used in the wrestling school. And, um, and it's, it's that whole thing about someone offering you money for your company is like, on one hand, if someone ever rang us up and went, here's a ton of money for your company, on one hand, it'd be amazing. But on the other hand, I'd have to stop doing, like... I don't know what I'd do with myself. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like... I, me and you just have to play FIFA online against each other all day. I, I, I don't know. It, on one hand, there's, there's days when I'm like, I'm so stressed out with wrestling, I could just do with some time off, I could just do with just going back to doing comedy, but then I know that I love being involved in this more than anything else. A couple of days, it's, if you'd left wrestling, I think get a day. I think I'd literally feel like I'd just done something awful. I think I'd instantly, if I just went, oh, that's me, I'm away. I think I'd walk out the door and go, oh my God, what have I just done? I'd be telling you, ah, let me back in. I've made a horrible mistake. I don't want to go to the new world. It's pure shit. I, I, I genuinely like, because I, I, I burnt my only bridge, my only qualified qualify job that I had, the only qualification that I had for school. I mean, I don't, I don't I, I'm talking absolute shit. I don't rubbish at school. I was very smart, but I chose to be lazy. Um, like an idiot. Oh, fuck I. Aye, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move on, I'm talking about stuff there that's nothing to do with anything, like, we should maybe just go back out to wrestling or whatever, um, I'm, I'm pure going off on a tangent, I'm just like myself, I'll just, I'll just stop Mark, just talking about random stuff. So, right? you mentioned the, the documentaries, because obviously there's the, the, there was the Vice one, which was, was primarily, because um, there was the Vice one, and then there was the, the two BBC Three ones. Aye. Um, and I think, as a wrestling fan, I know when something's successful because my dad, who doesn't like wrestling, will message me and go, have you seen this program about wrestling? Which is the sign the BBC Three ones in particular was successful. Well, that's because the first one was on BBC One. And that's because, and that was never meant to be on, mm. it was never even meant to air in England. Yeah. It was meant to be BBC, it was BBC Scotland that commissioned it. It was something to do with the commissioner saw it and at the last minute, I mean, sorry, whatever programme got bumped to that spot at the last minute, but it, it was literally like two weeks before or something like that. I got a phone call, I was going nationwide. I didn't have a clue what that meant. And they're like, no, that means like instead of 6 million people, like 66 million people. And I was like, all right, cool. Still didn't get it. And then it was the director, the first one, Eddie McDowell, phoned me and he went, oh, this, this will change your life. After this airs tonight. I'm like, aye, sound mate. Never really registered. And then Grado texts me going, are you nervous? I'm like, I'm alright mate. He's like, I'm shite myself. <laughs> and I'm like, right, alright, still nothing. And then I, I remember I looked at the screen and the EastEnders had just finished and the fucking mad BBC One logo starts spinning and he goes, and now in uh, BBC One, it's time for the, the uh, phenomenon known as Insane Champion. And I went, Helen, <laughs> I need to go and walk the dog. And I just took the dog and went out for a walk. Did you watch it? I, I, I came in in about 10 minutes into it, but I fucking had a mini panic attack. I just went, I'm on national telly on BBC One. There's my f- living room. There's, there's the front room of my house on the telly. I'm sitting in my front room looking at the front room of my house on the telly. And I was like, nah, this is a bit fu- fucking too much on you, man. And plus, when, when I think back on it, like, I put a lot in the line with that. Like, they wanted me to like, talk about, like, uh, like 
different things outside of wrestling and stuff like, that, like my son and all that. Mm-hmm. My son's you wouldn't even know. My son had a autism now when you when you meet him like at a brown school and all that, you you wouldn't have a, a clue, like mm-hmm. thank God like he's um he's came on brilliantly. But at that time it was kinda up in the air, I didn't know yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what his future was going to be. My, my, so my my nephew's autistic, Aye. and um, and and I know you have to go through like the state. You have to go through st- getting statements and stuff. Exactly. And well, stuff. I was still at that stage, yeah. So yeah. I didn't realise. So <clears throat> later on, I found it that it was a very minor version of it, where it actually works out a lot in his favour. Like he's got like um, really photographic memory. It's if you literally if you're meeting, you would never know unless I told you. You would never ever yeah. know. So they wanted like me me like talk like that and all that so like as a, as a man who's got pride and like um, and being a man as daft as that sounds it was kind of oh you want to be pure vulnerable in the telly mm. it's kind of like I don't really know about that but then they were like look Mark they're actually maybe going to cancel this fucking documentary because obviously they send them things as it's happening so like there's nothing to grab onto yeah. they're trying to find the story as they're filming it and they're like what is the story and they're like you're the story and I was like oh fuck man like didn't need to be the story because I was trying to direct it to all the wrestlers yeah. like get him like uh, they sell tickets and they're like no you're the story mate and I'm like fuck alright man and then it was like things like oh Mark grew up in poverty and I'm like no I didn't mate <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> like I, 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 I was a wee bit skint do you know what I mean yeah. I had a family and I didn't expect my mom to bail me out like, I was a grown man who looked after his family he was a wee bit skint because he was 21 I wasn't here, like destitute or something like the, the, the flat that I stayed in at Red Road that you see at the start of the documentary and walking up to it is um, I stayed there for a week because I'd put my name down for a house because you need to stay somewhere like that before you get your house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But they, they, they're like, no, that looks better. If you, I'm like, cool, you want to film Rocky? I'm like, I'll film Rocky, mate. <laughs> like, no bother, man. Like, if that tells you a better story. But, like, that was, I think that was the thing that pure scared me. But uh, the guy said to me, I realized, he was like, you're a bit of a dick. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, if people don't, like, if you know you, you're no a dick. You're actually very likeable. But if you don't know you because of the way you conduct yourself and your swagger and all that, some people might think you're a dick. Mm. He went, this will change people's perceptions of you. See, this day, like, see in Scotland especially, like Glasgow, like, fucking everybody, like, nobody comes up to me and goes, oh, he's a prick. Or, like, you get people to come up to me that don't even watch wrestling. Oh, mate, I hate wrestling, but you're some boy, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cracking, man. Like, so, I that was that was what freaked me out. It was like, when it aired, just, oh, shit, I'm going to be on the telly crying in a minute. Mm. I know that I'm going to be on the telly crying in it because I've watched this before. Yeah. Well, I'd seen it before it aired. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. The only thing that made me a bit more easy about it, like, so, so it aired and I'm just sitting there going, and then like made the mistake of going on Twitter and typing yeah. in the hashtag and it was seven of the top ten trends in the UK. So there's people saying nice things but there's people saying fucking horrendous things about but, but this is, and, and if you're anything like me, aye. the only people you'll focus on are the, aye, the ones that hate So I was just sitting there going, like, so I'm already overthinking it. No, like, no, no, it'd be like, what well, is that after ducks back? Me, I don't give a shit about the public like seeing me, whatever. I don't get, I don't care, mate. It's all just, hey, I'm Jim Carrey, mate, walking around in a circle saying, and this is real. Like, I don't, I'm just, I'm just sauntering through life, you are, mate, and I'll just do whatever I need to do, man. I don't, I don't care, like, about um, showing myself up in the telly or whatever. Yeah. But back then, it was all still very, oh my god, like, I've never done it. So, um, I, it was, it was quite scary to, to like, um, open yourself up like that. Did it? Did it? And this is the way because the, the, there's a documentary being made about us at the minute, and we get to watch. We get to watch it for the first time, just the three of us on Monday. And the, the not quite finished version because they've got to film me doing the last couple of bits. And it is that it's weird that thing about I had the same thing with Dale, the director of it, going, "Well, you three lads are the story, really." And, and, and we're like, 
want to be. Uh, and, I, and, and, I'm <laughs> and, and so he came and watched me doing stand-up and, and, and the big thing they focus on with me is the fact that I'm suffering depression and, I'm, and my, my life outside of wrestling is quite lonely. It's just driving to gigs. Like, today's cool because I've got to come and see That's you. That's what blew my mind today when, when you were driving. I was like, you drove here yourself? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> 500 mile round trip today for me. From my, I live in North Wales, so 500 mile round trip, come and do a gig, open a gig at Celtic Park. As soon as I'm done, get back in the car, get some fuel, get a sandwich, drive home. Hopefully we'll be home for maybe two in the morning and then tomorrow. If anything, Jim, that's dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous, man. I will have a Red Bull, I'm not. <laughs> I'm but, not. But after, after all our shows in London, like, um, I drive home, like, because I, I love my wife and I love my lad and I like being at home. Aye. So, and, and I live miles from anything. And, and people are always like, with me not drinking and stuff as well, people are always like, do you not go out after shows? I'm like, no, I get it. Like, as soon as everyone's been paid and everyone's we've filmed everything, I'm like back in the car and off mm. I go. And it's that weird thing of of having I got used to it in the end, having Dale point a camera at maybe he like sort of hung out with me You forget about it, didn't you? But like so I forget how weird I am before I go on stage. I'm like because much as I like being a comedian, I don't like the half an hour before I have to I like being on the stage, but I hate all the waiting to go on and I'm mm. not I'm a nervous person which people again people don't People will see someone like me or someone like you and go, must be the most confident human beings in the world. I'm like, no, no. no. <laughs> it's a facade, mate. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you find that as soon as that first documentary went out, that it, it immediately affected um, the perception, the public's perception of ICW? Because oh. I think the, the, my impression of ICW has always been that the people, Scottish wrestling fans have always got it and always been on board. And it's, the difference between the difference between being a, a moderately successful wrestling promotion and a successful one is a little bit of exposure in the right way. Aye. And this is, I mean, this is the very best example of the right sort of exposure, I think. And and it and all it did was make people go because <clears throat> the amount of people that I know from England watched that documentary and went, "Well, I've got to make an excuse to go to Glasgow now." Oh, me, it was. <sighs> the houses went up instantly. Sales for all the merch went up instantly. Like it wasn't like. You would sit there and you'd think, oh, it's going to be like 10,000 people. It's, it's not that, but like a couple hundred people more than normal. And you're like, that's a lot. You know what I mean? You're selling tickets. Like, shit, we Especially because there's a glass ceiling of independent wrestling. Exactly, man, exactly. Um, but what it done in Scotland mainly was it made us a mainstream thing. So now, like, for example, the other, the other week there, the thing happened, something happened with Lionheart and a uh, woman who'd won the lottery on STV2 where Which he threw water in her face. And, um, aye. So ended up in all the papers and stuff yeah. like that um, see that's what I presume because I'm sat in your office and there's a big stack of newspapers I, so and I like, presume that's just like that's your equivalent of, of like a press folder of I mean I slow my that's so <laughs> which is brilliant I walked in and the first thing I thought when I looked at that was I bet they're all papers I see them, <laughs> I, every single one every single one and that's not even all of them there's another shelf on the roof but, that, but that's the thing is and if you look at like yourself and Grado, I've been in TV programs here and stuff like that. Not not just being related to wrestling, but actually bits of acting. And I've seen the, the clips and stuff you've done. And well, stuff that's like that. that's the thing I've seen there. When that got in all the papers the other week, it's like so. When you read the the, the way it's worded now, mm-hmm. so back then it would be part of cult something uh, wrestling group. Yeah, it would always be a description before yeah. it, in case your average reader reader of the newspaper would go. What is that? I don't know what ICW is. Yes. Doesn't even say the full name now. Because IC, uh, Lionheart for ICW. Yeah. That's how... Yeah, we know. That's yeah. how I, much ICW is in the mainstream. Because like, in Scotland, 
like how much mainstream really is there let's be honest like we acting and a lot of things a lot of guys say because last I done I done one or two we acted things and then I realised that yeah so I had to like travel away in England for a lot of auditions and stuff I was just like ah it's not for me man like do you know what I mean like, I was like if there's stuff up here then I realised the stuff so it's like you get a, a a part in a comedy series like one of the episodes but that'll be probably the only comedy series that BBC yeah. will commission that year it's, so it's, that's it like you can't even get a living there that do you know what I mean weird. I, like, I had a, a better uh, understanding of how the entertainment industry in Scotland works from doing the fringe but also from being friends with people like Billy and Wayman and people like that because you know that like Billy very rarely gigs in England despite being one of the best comedians in, in the United Kingdom Mate, Billy, but I think it's because see Billy's done so well now that every night he's got a gig so it's always word of mouth someday else, no, someday there's, else. there's enough gigs here Aye. Um, because I think everyone <clears throat> everyone in England um and, and Wales, I live in Wales, but everyone, everyone outside of Scotland in the UK looks at Scotland and goes, well, clearly there's only stuff in Glasgow. And there's clearly only stuff in Glasgow and Edinburgh, and that's not the case. Uh, you know, and, and you can gig, as a comedian, you can gig every night, and I know you, there's, there's enough acting work and stuff if, you, if you're patient with it, the, and the, radio and stuff like that. The thing that. is, and I like, um, and like I would mentioned Mike Musso for W3L before, mm. um, he runs cities, or oh, sorry, towns, that don't have entertainment. Yeah. So they are clambering for stuff. So when you think, oh, um, Glasgow will be a better gig than Linlithgow. Well, maybe Linlithgow's no had it that week and you go to do a comedy gig. Maybe that's the only thing on that Friday, do you yeah. know what I mean? So everybody's going to show up. So... I remember doing an Edinburgh preview in 2011. 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um, I remember on my way up, my, um, John, who was my agent at the time, going, I booked you a preview in St Andrews. Just means you may as well go up five days before the fringe, get settled into the flat and everything. And I was like, all right. And you get so used to doing previews in England where there's there's twenty people, and it's it's worthwhile, but not really. And then you get, <laughs> I get there, and and it's this lovely thing because very much like most little towns here have a nice little theatre, and it's the same in Wales because right. taxpayer money is spent, spent better <laughs> in, in Scotland and Wales than it is in England. Um, it's all the towns in the middle town I live in has got a big theatre and everything, and. Um, and so I get to this theatre and I'm like, this theatre's amazing. I went, what else is on tonight? And they went, because there's loads of people there. And normally in a the theatre there's a studio where they put the comedy. Aye. And there's a big theatre where they've got a fucking travelling musical on. And I was like, is there something else on in the big room? And I went, no, you're the big room. We've sold 400 tickets. <laughs> and I went, to see a show that's not finished yet. All the best. But I remember thinking, this is brilliant. And again, it was because it, it was that thing of, there's, there's nothing else on there today and people don't necessarily want to... I mean, because... I know you do, obviously you do the shows in Glasgow, and you do occasional shows in Edinburgh, Aye. Um, and it's certainly... We've only just started in Edinburgh again, we hadn't done Edinburgh for about a year there. You, you, you did not join the Fringe as well though, didn't you? I, the, that venue shut down, and okay. then it, it changed the way the floor was laid out, so there's right. like stairs now, so you couldn't fit a 16 foot wrestling ring on mm. the floor anymore, and that's the reason that I hadn't been back, I was just struggling to find another venue. There was another venue that um, Discovery used that's got a carpet and I don't know what it's there's one in Aberdeen that people keep trying to get <laughs> used that's got a carpet and I I don't know I hate having a carpet for one like half my like there's beers and all, yeah. like I'm going up paying for some carpet yeah thousands of, I'm no yeah. do you know what I mean like, <laughs> see I so but have you tried have you diversified much in because obviously you've done the, and we'll talk a bit about, about the tours in England but Obviously, there's places like Dundee and Aberdeen and places like that. Have you managed to sort of I'd, get out to those places? I'd well? done Dundee, and it was the exact same thing with a venue called Fat Sam's, which then got itself done up. Which uh, so it is a weird fact for you. Aye. So you know, before we recorded, I told you my party pistol story, Aye. which I don't want to tell on it because it gives away a bit of my stand up, right? 
But that pre-season tour that Leicester are on, um, my dad was doing a job in Dundee, and he was re- my dad's a shot fitter. He was refitting Fat Sam's, <laughs> which is so. Because I, I think I remember hearing once before that you'd done a show in Fat Sam's. I remember going to my dad. Look, look, wrestling. Anyway, carry on. That one, um, I remember the first time we go, when we got after tour bus in Dundee. The first thing we saw was uh, a man walking down the street eating a, t- uh, a, a box of margarine with a spoon. <laughs> um, that's true. Then, then, then later that night, I had to have an argument with a guy at the door, how he wasn't um, taking on board the fact that I wouldn't be able to sell a ticket to his dog. <laughs> Just wasn't having it. I was trying to be nice. I was like, I can't let your dog in. For one, your dog will get scared, mate. It's no fair on the dog. He's like, my dog will not get scared. He's offended that his, I've, I've uh, questioned the, the manliness of his dog, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was just like, no, he's like, I'll buy it a ticket. Like, that's the issue, do you know what I mean? Like, this dog's not watching my show for free, no. I was like, no, mate, you can't get your dog in. So that was our first day hanging out Dundee. But, um, in fact, Sam's had got done up and then I think never opened again or something like the flare had changed. So we were looking into a different venue. We done all right in Dundee. Like, that venue held about 300. We got 300. So, because so, it's, I haven't been to Dundee, like, it's... It's a decent sized town. I, I know. That's, that's, that's the thing. Like outside of Glasgow, Edinburgh, like Dundee and Aberdeen are probably your next two biggest. Aberdeen's a fucking long way away. That's the that, see. That's the issue. It's always been like um, it's not so much the. I, I, I could run a show up there. There's always been a demand for a show oh, up there. Well, well. To give you uh, an example of of some, I went to the NXT show in Aberdeen in June. Yeah, it was June, wasn't it? When it was all before download. So I went to that show there. And there was an ICW chant. So yeah. uh, um, uh, there was an ICW chant a couple of times. Do you know for, stuff like for, that though? For Demo and for Nikki yeah. and people like that. I love stuff like that, man. Yeah, I love shit. Well, when, well, when we were at, when we were at Takeover and um, this year, and, and there was a there was a This Is Progress chant, and I lost my mind because I'm like, what do I do? And, and I know that. Um, so when Raw and SmackDown were at, at the Hydro, uh, um, and you guys were doing the show like a couple of weeks later, and and I remember being at Raw when Noam came out, yeah, and and it was weird because I've not seen Noam for ages, and 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 then seeing him there, which was really cool, and then hearing the ICW champ was like, because all the time I'm like, I know how much of a buzz I get off of that. If that was happening to me. It was, so, uh, it was he walked out the whole place just chatting ICW, and I looked up to the balcony, and there was this sign that like I was like ten people long. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> uh, Jericho put Dallas on your list and I'm like sitting there and then the, I'm just like what the fuck is going on like <laughs> like you know you're like, I'm no bragging I'm genuinely like thinking like if you did, that's one of the things where you think back to like running a community centre with 100 people and then you're sitting at the hydro like this isn't I, I must have died in a car crash or something yeah. like this and this is like a, a, a coma dream or something like that like how can this actually be real because I, I remember when I started it the world seems so big. Everything yeah. seems so far away. WWE seems so far. And even when like we were training, Drew got there. I was like, well, of course, that's the one Scottish guy. <laughs> that's the tech. <laughs> There's the Scottish guy. They've got him. The big one that looks like a fucking Disney prince. Like, <laughs> close up the shop, mate. Everybody might as well go home. He's signed. That's it. It's done. And then the world just changed, man. Like, like it's technology and everything. Like the world just got a lot smaller. Mm. Like it was last night. It's nothing to do with right? My mate was messaging me for Australia. And I know that isn't even impressive to anybody, but it fucking should be. Like oh, the fact that we now live in a world where that isn't impressive is impressive. I was so I don't know why I said that. I went. Imagine you showed somebody for like twenty years ago the fact that I'm literally on a phone going ding 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 to a guy for Australia. His fucking brain would fall. His, his ears like yeah. his, his, his blood would start coming to his nose. Do you know what I mean? Things like like 
because I'm rereading all these old editions of the Wrestling Observer at the minute, but they're all in digital form, so I'm just reading them on my iPad, right? But it, if you were to take like anyone from 1991 who was sending off to Meltzer and getting sent this, and like how much exposure we have to our wrestling works now, but not only that, the fact that back then you'd have classified ads, you see. People like Mick Foley putting put classified ads out, going, I'd really, I'd really like some FMW tapes. And it's, you think now, like, any wrestling I want to watch, I can watch, and, and, and this is a big thing because piracy pisses me off massively, but I can watch any wrestling I want to watch legally, dead easily, like for probably a fiver. Aye, aye. It, it's like you can sign up to, like, both of, both of our on demand services are cheap, WWE Network's cheap. Um, New Japan World's cheap. Like it's, I can do all that and never leave my. I mean, it's a good job I've got a reason to leave my house because if I had no, if I wasn't promoting, I'd probably I'd be like four hundred stone and sat on the sofa. <laughs> I I kind of I kind of marked out when I saw his uh, show up in the torrent seats at first, <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm fucking so angry about this. But if if Sony can't stop shit showing up in torrent seats, fucking me day, man. Like. Um, it's 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 a not we've got like we've got a piracy dude now who sends us we pay him a wage every month and he goes away and gets stuff. See, I've been offered this as well. Is it worth it? Is it like well a, worth it? Aye, aye. In uh, for September, I think he took down about fifteen hundred different. Because I went like a hanging saw like it's my basically a fight club or weekly show like fucking seventy of them like yeah and a row on a. No, no, this guy's good. And again, you're not going to stop everything. Aye, aye. But, um, but he's good. And like when we found there was this new torrent site that's gone up and, and has been putting stuff up, like we messaged him and he went, don't worry, I know it is. See, and I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm just leaving that. I'm leaving that with you, man. Uh, but, and again, sometimes people will message me and go, look, I'm an own up. I subscribe to Demand Progress now, but the first time I saw something was I, on a torrent, and I'm like, do you know what? You're forgiven. You've subscribed now. I see. If, it's the same. Like um, I'd also say, you, you want to hear a band or something, yeah. you download a cut of songs. I like that. And you buy the album. Nothing wrong with that. I yeah. don't think. If you go, I like that band. I'll download all their shit for free. Yeah, that's bullshit. No, the thing that a lot of these people. So say you watch Progress at ICW on a torrent site, yeah. and you watch it every single week, right? So you're taking money off the company. The company would be making more money. The boys would be making more money. The wrestlers could then be closer to being full time, or they could be full time, living better off. The company would have more capital to make the shows bigger, to yeah. bring in more wrestlers to make the show better. The show that you want to watch every fucking week, but you don't want to pay the equivalent. I like what, not even a cup of fucking tea a week. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, come on, man. Do you and, know what and, I mean? And like, that's, and, that, and that's the. the this is, it's nice sometimes, like. Like sometimes you have some very difficult business decisions as a wrestling promoter. Like we had to put our ticket prices up, right. and and there was two ways of doing this. One way was put the ticket prices up and hope no one notices, or the other way was put the ticket prices up and have me go, "Hey guys, this is why we're putting them up." Aye. The reason we're putting the ticket prices up is everyone in Britain's got loads better at wrestling. All their money's gone up, quite rightly so, because they're all they're all doing fucking great. So we need to put our prices up a little bit to accommodate it, so we can keep paying people and keep having the best shows possible. And every single person went. Oh, cheers for telling us. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, if only other businesses applied this <laughs> logic to being nice. But that was, um, Heyman was kind of like ECW on it. Whenever they'd yeah. fuck up, he would just go to the ring and go, look, this thing happened. One of them was Sabu before one of the pay-per-views. Yeah. He took it in Japan booking. Yes. So he just went to the ring and just went, look. Instead of making up the storylines, like, he's still a booking in Japan. He's not here. I'm sorry. 
I'll make it up to you. And then there was, uh, I, there was like the angle later that night was like Terry Funk reappeared yeah. out of a box or something. Yeah. Um, against Cactus Jack. And it's sometimes, I don't know if you're like this, like, you know, sometimes you'll get a message from someone going, oh, I'm injured, or, um, or I've fucked up my bookings and I'm, I'm double booked or whatever. And these things happen. And I'm, I'm not one to bear a grudge or fall out with people as a rule. Um, and certainly people being injured can't be helped. And I'm, um, weirdly, I, I interviewed Zach Gibson um, last night when people listen to this, it'll be last week. But um, and he was saying, you know, he's been injured, and he was booked to do two shows for you, and you're a good dude. You went, well, you can still work for me. I'll still pay you, but exactly. you're not, not going to wrestle. Uh, Zach's an amazing talker. I was like, well, that's not a problem, mate. And, and again, because you don't, no one's shit house promoters are going to force people to wrestle when they're hurt, right? And 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 it's just this thing of of we we want everyone to to do well, but also there's this thing of. If someone messages and goes, I'm injured, um, like the initial response for me is always, oh no. But then there's part of me that's like, oh hang on, part of the exciting part of doing this job is actually reacting to something that's gone wrong and fixing that situation and then still getting an amazing crowd response. I, I had something uh, like, like kind of similar recently where it was um, somebody, I'd, 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 there'd been something that happened on a, on a match yeah, and it hadn't, the thing hadn't went to plan so we had to change some things in the second half of the show yeah. and I went alright cool we'll do X, Y and Z and that'll, and that'll fix it and I just yeah. walked away yeah. and they were kind of upset at the fact that I wasn't mere upset hmm. and it's not that I wasn't upset maybe in my brain I was thinking about it but it's just sort of second nature now that I was just like uh, so years ago if a problem arose I'd be like oh my god it's the end of the world the show's fucked everybody's our ass refunds now, but now it's just like well, he's, he's taught yourself, right, cool, well, um, who we got here, right, you can do this, we'll do this, we'll change that into an angle, we'll have it, boom, you took another match, you've got 20 minutes, right, we'll change that match to third, you can go in fifth, that gives you a bit of time, boom, sorted. Yeah. And that's it. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's no, um, I, it's, it's, it's no ideal sometimes, but it kind of is the bit where you feel alive, I get what you're saying, like, it's the like, oh, we need, I, we need the fix you get when it fucking works do you I, I also subscribe to the theory that and I, it's happened to me every show every show I've ever ran I've, I think I'm approaching 200 shows now um, it's three things will go wrong yeah. <laughs> every show you see if it's the day I show and only two things have went wrong I'll yeah. be sitting there like that and I'll be like people something's got to go wrong and they're like no isn't it I'll fucking tell you and it will every time three things it's like somebody's injured somebody's late something else has happened you're like right cool and as soon as the third thing happens I actually go right Brilliant. Day three things. One of that bad. This has got to be all right now. Now we're on the show. It sounds daft, but it's, it's, there's no. always there's always enough. Yeah, you've got a wrestling company with like twenty or thirty people in it. There's always going to be something. Do you know what I mean? Something's going to happen. You've got guys that are like putting their body through hell every night during the week. Mm. It's always injuries, man. Like, and sometimes it's a wee injury where a guy can maybe work, but they're like, you know, maybe you need to put them in a tag match and yeah. protect them or maybe it's like a case of like look mate if I were I'm fucked and it's like right if you if you're fucked then let's do an angle I always tr- sometimes you can't avoid it but if I can if it's let's say it's like a day before a show and somebody's injured like I'll try to find a way to still give them their wage man yeah. or like if they've got like a family bereavement they can't make the show I'll still send you your wage or We've done the same. something like that do you know yeah, what I mean like, because again if, if and this is again when, when people are bad promoters and they're short sighted I think this is when people go like, I want everyone who works for us to like working for us. And, you know, if, if we've had it when, when guys have got hurt and been out for a long time and we've gone, okay, well, we'll pay you to work backstage. So Aye. you're still getting paid and you're still around wrestling and no one's forgetting who you are. And, you know, and 
and in some cases when they've been really hurt, it's been like, we'll, we'll still save some money because you've got nothing. You know, especially right. the guys who are full time. And again, that little bit of being nice to someone is the sort of thing that will come back tenfold, and people will always remember. Ah, I mean, it's like when when you need somebody, you'll see them all come out the woodwork. Do you know what I mean? Because you've been sound to them. It's like it's it's, it's like I believe in karma, but karma isn't a spiritual thing. Karma is just simple mathematics. The more people you're sound to, the more people that will be sound to you. Yeah. Now I mean, if you put it in the universe, love and kindness and soundness, that's what you'll get back. If you put it shite and negativity, then it's all right on the way up, but see when you're on the way down or you trip, everybody will be there to fucking make sure you stay down, man. Do you know what I mean? Kick yeah. you when you're down. So it's like, that's the thing. If you're, if you're nice, when you fall, people will help you back up. If you're a dick when you fall they'll kick the shit out of you while you're doing <laughs> do you know what I mean so it, it all depends what you might be also like a lot of promoters and a lot of different companies and this isn't all different businesses this isn't just wrestling they think the next wage the next bill the next thing they don't think of the, a year from now five years from now yeah. like I'm people are looking at this hydro I'm, I'm fucking in my head already trying to book next year's show do yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. I'm I'm, I've, I'm like right well off the back of this, what could be doing? What could that spark? And that could be could something go for a year? And, do you know what I mean? Like that, like. And that's like, uh, that, but that's the secret to, to it lasting. Because if you if you're living show to show, then that's how short term booking comes in. And, and with people going, how can we just pop the crowd now? How uh, can we just do something now to make sure that everyone goes home? But then you've got to then beat that the next show. The, and the, if you if you put in everything out there, like straight away, it's, it's hard. You've seen the end of the movie. The bit blows up, Bruce Willis jumps out into the helicopter and it's half an hour in. <laughs> and then there's nothing on the screen but you're like, no mate, why'd you stay in the cinema for the next hour? Like, you're, you're no gone, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's fucking like, I, like, short-term booking is good. Like, see when your house is done and you need to pop the crowd, you need to, like, shit, we need something mental to happen or something to get attention for the press or whatever. I get that. Like, if you look back in history, like, um, your, is it Tupelo concession stands, bro? Yeah. We Honk Tonk Man, uh, I was Jerry Lawler, maybe Bill Dundee and somebody else. Like, that um, was because houses were done. Yeah. So they did that and the houses went up. But they didn't fucking date the next week. But that spawned a storyline that then sold tickets after it so if they just had done that we need folly up yeah. it would have it wouldn't have fixed the problem the problem is fixed because right we've got your attention with this now we need to keep you yeah but I some some promoters like and I was I feel felt felt like an awe when I first started because to be fair you've got, but you've got to learn from those I, to be fair though every show then was life and death because mm. it was like alright if this show doesn't make money there's no way of an next show so at first and, and, kind of and, that was, and that was definitely what we were like to say so <laughs> I, I can't really say anything about that but I, if you're a company that's been running for any length of time or a year or something like, you need to start like thinking about that Like I'm always thinking about I'm not thinking about the payoff to the storyline I'm thinking about what the next one is so I used to make mistakes like I would build all my storylines to the big show of the year mm-hmm. then they would all finish then I would wonder why there wasn't a crowd at the next show yeah. or why the crowd had hoffed because yeah. everything's at the payoff or everything's happened mate. do you know what I mean like the chase is over yeah. we've seen the end of the movie like I says yeah. why are they going to still be sitting in the cinema oh they fuck mate they're away to do something else so like air time it made me realise it was like alright you can't even blow everything off at the big show you've got to blow some shit off but you've got to have some stuff that's just starting yeah. maybe you start something at the big show you've got something that's halfway done and then you've got two or three payoffs and that's so, so it's like alright here's your payoffs but here's a new thing starting that makes you want to come back to the next show like yeah. fucking preaching to the choir you know what I mean but, no. but, no, but, but again it's it's stuff that you learn like because I remember putting our first show together and I was just like I just want everything I want everything happening on this show ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then, and then, but we didn't think we'd do a second show. And then when we did the second show, we were like, surely we can't get lucky two times in a row. And then it was only about two years in, we were like, we should probably... And we've always written a bit in advance, because I always look at it from the... Again, because I'm not a wrestler, I've always looked at it from the point of view of a, of a writer. So it's always been... If I know if I was writing for radio or telly, I know I'd have to work in advance anyway. So it's always been in my head. But it was a couple of years in that we hit our stride properly with it. And, and I think it's... Everyone's got to learn from mistakes. Every new company now will it's make mistakes. So they'll, they'll, no one's perfect when they, you know, when they first start, and everyone will learn from those. Because again, anyone who sits back and rests on the laurels and go everything's fine, then you're not. You that's that's me. I, I even I did that for a wee period of time, like in uh, last year, and that's that's when I was sitting there just pure fatigued and all that and I was just like that's that's when I after that I realised I was like no you can't just sit and go oh, everything's fine it's no fine it's like you need to keep going so aye it's, it's, it comes to the best days mate but uh, I definitely think the best way to learn is for making the mistakes yourself I remember being younger and people try to give me advice here and there about the odd these odd things like don't don't run um, the last two weeks uh, December and yeah. just wee daft promotory things you really think yeah. uh, this, is, this doesn't apply now for we, got, some... we got the one of don't run in London <laughs> uh, I got that as well I got that as well I got it's don't like, run in London no it's fine there's 10 million people live here it's perfectly fine it's um, that's 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 the the only time like there's ever been like anything remotely like uh, close to us like having heated words with me and uh, uh, John it was and mm. it, he'd fought me because we were running uh Islington yeah very early on when you started and I, my show. back was up man mm. and I was like who's this prick and see now I think back in it he was in the height <laughs> because I was going to the edit he ran because somebody came and ran the street I ran because it was lit down the street yeah. I'd phone him and go fuck are you doing right yeah. uh, there's been people that have ran Glasgow but they, they, they'll give me a shout like we're going to run Glasgow I'm like sound mate like, you know I mean just it's nice to be nice do you know but what I mean also was getting, after that point like whenever you ran it was always very different times to us. Especially when we were running every two months, you'd run the month. Because what, what happened was, it was, uh, I remember it, like, I ended up shouting and then he was the one that was calm and then he was like, have we got it? Can we, can we talk? <laughs> and I was like, aye. And it, we, then we started talking yeah. and then we realised we didn't have a problem with each other. It was odd, didn't he? That's the venue I got offered because yeah. it was BO2. Yeah. And then after that, like, I think I ran it one more time but then as soon as I could find a venue that was away, I was like, and that's the thing, and and I mean you know us like when people. So when we did our, our Alexandra Palace show in September, you guys are wishing us luck and making exactly. and stuff. Absolutely, and we do the same for we do the same aye, for our aye. shows and stuff like that. I think it's the fans blew up to something that it just wasn't. But also as well, people want people want that that conflict. Like it's also like when that when that happened, we didn't know you that well. Like aye. you know, we'd met you once. Exactly, and and then the more that you work in this industry, the more you realise that it's much better to get on with people oh, I mean, than I to totally. fall out with people. Especially when it comes to stuff like so this is the thing that I don't think a lot of people realise is a lot of the times people will do because we run up on the same day a lot, but our shows in London are often on the same day as your Fight Club tapings in, in Glasgow, Glasgow right? and a lot of times people will open our show and then come and be like in the second half of your show, aye, aye. and. And we do that because we want people to do both shows. That's the, the mental there's, never, there's never this thing of you can't go I, and do that. It's but, always we want them to go. I was, that was funny how the whole time when people thought we didn't like each other, we were 
Chairman Talent on the same day. You think somebody would click? Hold on, this guy's on the show in England. Then up here a couple of years later, maybe they get on. Maybe they phone each other. Every no, no, maybe, maybe it's completely fine. <laughs> when when it came from you to, I remember going to that that garage show in twenty twelve, and I remember it being rammed and it and it being a cool venue, and and it just had a really it had a really good vibe to it. And was it when? When it came to doing tours, when it came to to spreading your wings and doing bigger venues like Barons and SECC and stuff like that, was it the sort of thing that you you went, yeah, I'm well up for this, or was it was it was there a bit of fear in it because you're so used to being in one place and, and it, it's comfortable? Um, I was scared when I went to do the um, the Edinburgh Picture House, which is now shut down. That was the first time I ever drew a thousand people, hmm. and not long after that was Fear and Love and Six. Which was the ABC, which is the first time I ran that. Yeah. So that was before Barrowlands. Yeah. So I was terrified for the two. I can remember. Absolutely terrified. But see, since then, nah, yeah. I don't. I don't really get scared. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know. Like, because um, I, I know out of the three of us, I'm the most. Like I'm the most. Like we're comfortable where we are, guys. Like I'm. I'm the one who does that, and like I'm. I'm less. I'm. I'm on one hand, I'm I'm not scared about doing Wembley because I think we'll do fine. But I'm I know that I'm like it's a it's a big step, and uh, doing Alexandra Palace was a big step, and doing Brixton was a big step. When we comfortably sell out all the time, and it I don't like not selling something out in, in in a day now. It's weird. So I know it was scary, but I also know that it's there are steps you have to take to, to evolve. And in fact, do you know what? Do you know what the perfect way for me to describe it is when I stopped being scared or nervous of it was when we were in the routine news were in everything sold out yeah then something didn't sell it yeah so you've got seats for yeah. the day standing yeah. so like our venues so let's say we did a venue that holds like like so say if it was seated that's how we now we've introduced seat, one side of seats because we can charge more money for the seat and like people can get like there is people that genuinely want a seat yes. I love the standing thing so we go alright we'll put seats at one side but if you do like say you've got a venue that holds a thousand stand that holds 500 uh, seated sometimes I wish <laughs> my whole show is seated <laughs> but like so, so say I've got 500 people in that hall but they're all standing so they're all be in the ring so it'll look half empty mm. and it's no sold out that's the problem man so like when that first happened I was like oh shit we're falling apart this is the end of the world and I, I, then I realised it wasn't, it wasn't he? A couple of shows later I was like, oh, it isn't the end of the world, this is just normal business now. Um, also, like, the, when you start doing loads of shows... Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I, went, I, I was running fucking eight shows a year. It was a piece of piss to sell it when you're running eight <laughs> shows a year. When you're doing 50 shows a year, yeah. it's a different story. So, um, I that was... That was um, Urkman, like fucking... Uh, I mean, it, it's... it's because the Hydro show is how many weeks away now? Four weeks. Four, just under four. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, like I the way I look at shows is I get excited for every show and big shows. I, I of course get more excited for them, but they're still they still just fit in part of a jigsaw and they become the more you get used to doing big shows, the more routine they become. I mean, how is it still really mind blowing for you to be doing the hydro? Ah, like, um, it's an amazing venue. The first time I do it anywhere, it's mind blowing. The second time I go back, it feels like it's normal. The only venue that's never had that 
was the Badlands because that's so special, especially yeah. if you're for like Glasgow. It's got to say Glasgow there. People might be wrestling, <laughs> listening around the world. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have switched up into my fucking voice, but uh, what, what's he saying? Um, the Badlands, just because it grew up in Glasgow, it's a pure mm-hmm. famous venue. Like it's, it's known for like uh, like bands around the world will come and instead of staying in a stadium, will choose to play the Badlands at least once in their career so they can go out play the Badlands. Um, so that is still very special to me being in the Hall of Fame and all that like for the Badlands because we sold it out like four times in a row stuff like that but any other venue when I go into it for the second time it's alright except I know for a fact when I walk into the Hydro it's not going to be normal because it wasn't any other time in a venue uh, for the first time get the butterflies and all that and you're just the excitement no so much nerves mere excitement um, for what's going to happen Um it wears off as the day goes on and I get married and like, so I'm focusing on my work so maybe I, stop, I forget about it. Yeah. But, um, the Hydro is the only show ever where the whole day I was just nervous. Yeah. No nervous, like, like, oh, like butterflies on edge, like, uh, in awe of fucking, like, what I was looking at. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe this. It's how, how big this is. Like, the SEC was like, oh, well, I, I'm sure if I went back and done the SEC, I would, I would feel the same, same way about that as, as well. Just I remember looking up at the big like speaker stacks. as I, I walked into the ring and I looked up. I was like, this is like a proper fucking gig. I was like, this is mental. I can't believe it's the speaker stacks that popped me. Do you know what I mean? Do you want to get some road signs? So on the drive up here, Aye. I was like, you, I'm driving past signs for venues that you've done shows in. <laughs> like, and, and, and that's the same for me now when I drive to, when I drive to London. Because John lives in North London and there's signs for Alexandra Palace and I'm like, oh, we're going to show there. And then when I see signs for Wembley Arena now, I'm like, oh God. And and it, and it's, because there's no signs for, even though Brixton Academy is a historic venue, there's no signs for it's it. Like there's no road signs. I, it's when you start doing venues that actually are, if you've got, a, if, got if, directions if, to them. Yeah, if there's a venue with a road sign, then it's like, oh, this shit's... <laughs> that's an actual venue. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Hydro's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will have uh, plugged the, the links to the tickets and stuff like that and they'll be in the description of the, the podcast and everything like that in case people want to check it out which I would heartily recommend people do because any time there's a, an independent wrestling show that's that big why wouldn't you go to it exactly. if, you're, if you're a wrestling fan like first of all Glasgow's a cool city to come to for a weekend anyway exactly it's a great night out great yeah. weekend and there's things all weekend yeah stuff all and weekend. That's, the, that's the thing you have to build stuff in around it and then it uh-huh. just makes it cool um how excited are you for the show this year? I am buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Um, I've um, systematically tried to make the best wrestling show we've ever put on mm. of all the Fear and Loving this year. Yeah. Hopefully we pull it off. I know the roster can pull it off, but I am I'm, I'm so buzzing. Like if you've never been to a Fear and Loving, just it's such a it's a weekend. Like Friday, even it starts on the Thursday night. Actually, Thursday night you've got. Um, um, Simon Cassidy Polar Promotions that they, uh, that, that's sold out forget about that that one's sold out mate <laughs> um, Friday night in the asylum we're sitting in now you'll have the uh, GPWA Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum Training School they'll be putting on a show but that's got a lot of um, main yeah. talent on it as well with the younger guys so you've got that and then in the set of the night we have their uh, show at the garage that we do the night before um, last year we put it on Facebook Live however this year for reasons I'm not going to reveal we won't be putting it on Facebook Live <laughs> but um, so the only way to see it is to be there we'd sold it out but I've uh, twisted the venues there to rejig the stage to the way it was a couple of years ago so they're going to let me put in another 100 people oh, cool. so 
but they will sell rapidly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put something on line the night when I get him that there's about half tickets left for that. But there wasn't. So if, when this goes out, if you want to go to that show, I would advise going soon. And then obviously the the main event the next night, then there'll be like. I literally think there's about eight after parties like, <laughs> like the, is it like the is it like the Oscars where there's the official one aye the oh, mate, like, official one <laughs> if you go along Sucky Hall Street I think there's four after parties then you've got the Cat House will probably have an after party then up the West End there'll be um, Record Factory will probably have an after party aye Right. You get you get like any other gig we do, you get one after party, but like at that, like because there's like thousands of people pulling into the tune, like everybody tries to make money off it. Hopefully they're nice enough to throw me a wee bit of the money. No, I mean if you're running an unofficial ISW after party, <laughs> like f- throw me a couple of quid. No, I mean certain places are right to do that, like box, not that box. Big up the box, mate. Box, Sucky Hall Street, um, <laughs> ICW cocktail menu. Try it, it'll blow your ass off. But um, I like. Um, it's a fantastic weekend, and I, just, I promise you, I promise you, you will not go away for the show disappointed. Like I can, I can fucking take it, man. Like, if I could put money on it, if I could bet you that you're gonna be hanging and you would get an honest answer, I would bet you, and I would win because it is going to be that good. Um, I've got two more questions for you, right, mate. Um, and then I'm going to go to Celtic Park today. Um, question number one. Um, it's quite a serious question. No, it's too serious. Like, is there anything that you've not done yet with ICW that you would love to do? Is there, it could be something as insignificant as, as, as booking a particular wrestler. It could be something like putting a particular match on or, or a venue or anything. Is there anything I, that you've I, not I, done yet? I, I, I'm, I'm years and years and years away from doing it. But um, I will try one day. I'll probably bankrupt myself and probably end up <laughs> trying. I talk myself or something after it, but... Um, I've got this dream, this very vivid dream in my head, and I've had it for a couple of years now that I really want to do Hamden Park. Amazing. <laughs> like, I've seen gigs there. I don't mean sell at Hamden Park. I mean, sell me, stay out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, sell enough to not lose everything I mean, you've ever bought. I, I, exactly. <laughs> sell, sell enough to not have to give somebody my house. What's the point where I don't lose my house? Yeah. Fuck me, I'm too I'm too wide for that, mate. I'll set up another company and move all my assets out of that. <laughs> Liquidate ICW. We'll be back as intense championship wrestling a week later. <laughs> you because I've I've seen you I've seen you tweet about this in Q and A's before about you and and it's that thing that it would be unbelievable. And and especially if you especially if you go back to if you ever like got tapes and stuff from Puerto Rico where they're putting shows on in big exactly like and, why not yeah. like why is it why, right so see this shit that we've both done mm. that was impossible f- five years ago absolutely it was unthinkable ten years ago so where the fuck are we going to be in five years and if that's the case where are we going to be in ten man like uh, I don't know man like I, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going to keep going and like see if I ever sell that hydro I won't this year no, no chance this year, man. But like, in the next couple of years, if I sell that out, and then I sell it again, I'm going to be walking down the street, and I'm going to look at Hamden, and I'm going to talk to Dunk, and he's going to go, "No, nah, you wee dick, no." Nah. And I'll go, "Aye, mate, we're doing it." And he'll go, and he'll know we're doing it. So he'll just have to phone Hamden and go, oh, "I would like to book Hamden." Fifty-five. If that, if that, I think it was like sixty, but then I think they they done some alterations to the stadium. Maybe fifty-five-ish. Fifty-four museum, which is brilliant. Oh, aye, aye. Cracking, man. I've only ever been there for gigs and um, I sat next to Pierre Van Hoydonk at a Scotland Australia game once because I stole his seat 
<laughs> is there, uh, is it, I'll tell you what, is it, is it uh, a question I wasn't going to ask. Let's say you could book a celebrity. Um, just, just Pierre Verhoeven, I think, just pops into my head. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's the one. Bill Murray. Straight away. Oh, mate, I. Do you know what I tried to get this year off the hydro, but their agent wasn't having it? Um, John Claude Van Damme. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wanted them to fly kick the wee man. I wanted to have like the. I want... You could have had Jocko Van Damme and Rob. Mate, obviously, mate, obviously, like, see for a, So me and Renfrew in here, like, emailing his agent, and he's like, we need to hang with the bump into each other backstage and turn around and then do like the pure mime where they're both looking in the mirror. Um... <laughs> 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 Just keep it the same. That was amazing. Mate, I, 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 I've got a brass neck, mate. I don't care. I sent an email about. Um, before the uh, Hydro last year, the Conor McGregor's agent, just because why you know, mate? But the worst they can say is no. And this is the thing, like, it is the worst people can say is no. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, we go still game, like, they're like gods in yeah. Scotland, right? To show up at a show once. And, um, also, I'm like, wrestling fans as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I will, no. Um, Ford, isn't he? The, the smaller one, isn't yeah. he? He hates it. Um, the tall, tall guy, Greg. He's oh, a I'm, huge, I've, met, I've met Greg. Huge Sorry, dressman. Yeah. He's good pals with um, Diesel as well. Yeah, that's, that's how I met him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it was yeah. earlier, not long ago, I'm sure. Was it earlier you met him? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, when we got them people, like, oh, how much they cost you? And I went, nothing. Like, how the fuck did you get them? I went, I just asked them, mate. Like, and they said aye. Like they were promoting the Hydro at the time because they were doing the Hydro nine nights in a row. Yeah. I always remember though, um, another wee random story, just a quick one, about uh, Still Game was the, I was, they were doing a quiz night at Box. Mm. So it was like, I does enter. And oh my God, I still was here. And then they entered, fucking hell, Still Game's actually doing the Still Game quiz. So we're all getting drunk and like every, every, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes anywhere, but like I, I, I did then. Uh, I've having a, a beer no, I might have the odd one, but I'm trying to stop. But um, back then, between every round, go outside have a cigarette. He'd go outside for a. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My phone just keeps going. Um, <laughs> so um, he went outside for a fag every time I was going outside for a fag, and um, he was like, "Oh, so um, where's your next show?" So yeah, I'm trying to stay calm, like uh, one of my heroes standing next to me. Yeah. I'm like, I am um, across there, so it's right across the road for the garage, and there's big trucks sticking at the front of the building. If you've never seen the garage, there's half a truck sticking at the front of it. And um, he's like, oh, cool. He's like, mate, I you got left. I'm like, oh, it's sold out, mate. He's like, many's, many's a hod. I'm like, 700. Mm. Like, oh, are you, you happy with that? And I'm like, I am happy with that. He went, flicked his cigarette, turned to me and went, come back and talk to me when you sold the hydro nine nights in a row, you wee prick, and then walk back <laughs> in the door. <laughs> And I went like, ah, the fuck is this cunt? Greg's like, no, he's joking. And I was like, is he though? Because I'm really angry right now. And then I was like, you fucking bastard, man. Pure bammed me up, man. Pure ripped the piss at me, I doubt her. And then, aye, aye, that was, that was just a wee funny side story about Ford. Um, this is my last question, and it's something that I saw on the way in and I had to talk to you about, is, is Partick Thistle's mascot. Aye. Um, <laughs> right, if, if, you, if you're not familiar, like, like most football teams have a mascot. My team, Leicester City, has Phil the Fox. He's a fox. Because we're the foxes. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Mark is a Partick Thistle supporter. Um, uh, uh, a fact that I always enjoy because I had a very enjoyable experience watching at Leicester Partick Thistle game once. So therefore, you know, I wanted to bring it up. Um, but anyone who's mildly into British football might be aware that Partick Thistle have the most bizarre mascots. <laughs> uh, what is Partick Thistle's mascot's name? Oh my god, I, I don't remember this. Um, it's no Jack. 
Do you know what? Actually, he follows me on Twitter. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best way it's ever been figured out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's like Jaggy or something. Like that. Some, does ring a bell. Something awful. It's, but, I mean, what is he? Like, he's, he's not an anthropomorphic animal. He's just, he's a, he's a shape. I think he's meant to be a thistle. Is he? He's a fucking abstract. <laughs> I know, I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> Kingsley Kingsley, Kingsley. I mean, obviously at Thistle Mascot um, now because I jokingly said to you on the way in I was like have you never tried to have you never tried to get him along to a show and then you said nah, he's, oh. um, they've, they've, they've actually tried to get him on shows like his PR team <laughs> so the Thistle Mascot's that big right Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> Kingsley versus like, we tried to um, talk about it letting us have the costume so there's a guy inside the costume who's very proud, apparently, that he's Kingsley. So I was like, look, mate, I can't have you going around and do a physical thing. I was like, but if you keep your costume yeah. and we'll make it like it's nothing. I says, I'll have somebody do backflips dressed as Kingsley off the top rope. I was like, I'll do everything. I'm a Jags fan. Like, I was like, I'll have somebody come out dressed as a Celtic fan, somebody's a Rangers fan, and then Kingsley will come out and smash it through them. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> But they've only having it, so um but I they keep wanting to do stuff, but it's just I've not got run it yet, but it's just one of the ones. I'm just waiting for something really silly. Yeah. I remember last year it was um it was double he, he was double booked because uh, he's booked someone else. He's like a worker. Sorry, <laughs> King's looking to do that day. But it was uh, the day after, the show after the hydro where I'd won back control ICW and we might have a Mark Dallas' celebratory cheese and wine soiree in the ring. Nice. And I was like, right, so we'll have like odd oh, shit and I was like, he'd be perfect for that. So they couldn't do it. So since then, they want. Whenever they've asked, I'm like, the only way I'll do it is if you give me the costume. I don't want the guy in the costume. Don't care about him. Give the costume. You get it back. Won't be ripped. It'll be fine. It'll be amazing how it turns out the man inside the costume is Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you can't do it. show. That's why you couldn't take the book yeah. because he's double booked as Kingsley, mate. He's everywhere. Listen, um, I, I think we've barely scratched the surface of doing this and we should try and do another one oh, next time either you're near me or I'm near you um, uh, but um, it's been a pleasure mate all Aye. the best for the hydro thank um, you very much. no doubt you'll smash it cheers dude cheers mate thanks very much so that was my chat with Mark Dallas probably part one there's I'm fairly sure probably going to be another part um, because he's a good dude and that time flew by as we were sat in his office having an atta. So um, once again, if you uh, are free and are able to get to Glasgow on Sunday 19th of November, the Hydro is a beautiful venue. The fact that independent professional wrestling is in there is amazing. So Sunday 19th of November, you can get tickets via insanewrestling.co.uk or you can check all the links on Insane Champ Rest on Twitter. Um, Mark's just a dude, just a great dude. So uh, if you don't already follow him, follow him. He's a funny guy on Twitter as well as talking about wrestling. He's, he's just genuinely funny dude. Um, and if you happen to bump into him at a show, just say hi, because he's a, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a good guy to chat to. And it was great to get that chat out there, because I know certainly, we talked about it a little bit, that when we... When we started Progress, people always thought there was animosity between us, and it was the tiniest bit once, and now it's just, you know what? They do things the right way, we try to do things the right way. Let's all get on, because wrestling's great, and it is. So I hope you enjoyed this chat, there'll probably be a part two of it. Remember, Insane Champ Rest on Twitter, uh, insanewrestling.co.uk for tickets for the Hydro, or any of their other tickets on Sunday 19th of November. Um, 
jimsmormon.com slash tnj to point people at this here podcast the distraction pieces network to check out everything on there and my uh, my lovely wrestling company's website is progresswrestling.com demand-progress.com and um, I'm travelling around a lot for wrestling from uh, this weekend, um, so there might be a podcast next week. There might not. I don't know. I'm going to still try and put one out. I'll have my recorder with me, but it just depends on who I can sit down and chat with or if I can do a QA and a or something like that. Um, but bear with me if I don't get a chance to put one out. I've got a fairly mad week coming up. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Thank again to Mark Dallas for being my guest. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I'll see you next week. Ta-ra. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.